In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear brothers and seminarians, dear faithful, two days ago we had the feast of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, on this third Sunday of Pentecost, we have a gospel that manifests the dispositions of that Sacred Heart. It, this gospel is taken from the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. It's sometimes called the parable chapter because there are in fact three parables that appear in that chapter. The first two parables are found today in the, in the Gospel. The third and the final parable is like the climax of the whole theme of the chapter and all of these parables are trying to express and that is the parable of the prodigal son. And it's really so important that the seminarians reflect deeply on these three parables, come back time and again to these three parables, because they do teach us about our Lord's attitude towards souls. And you are being pre prepared for one day, uh, taking on the priesthood of our Lord, for participating in the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you participate in that priesthood, your job is to save souls. That's the whole point, is the salvation of souls. And so that's why it's so important for you to understand the attitude that our Lord Himself has towards souls. What does He think about souls? How does He look at souls that in general are out there? So in terms of the parables that we see today, uh, the Sacred Heart looks upon souls in the same way that a good shepherd looks upon his sheep. This is seemingly a favorite uh, metaphor of our Lord because he uses it on multiple occasions. It was a favorite metaphor of the early church because the majority, well I wouldn't say the majority, but, but uh, perhaps the most popular depiction of our Lord is of him as a shepherd carrying a sheep on his shoulders. So, this good shepherd has an attitude of mercy, of concern, of care, of compassion, of deep love for the sheep. The good shepherd does not consider the sacrifices that are required of him in fulfilling this function of taking care of the sheep. He does not think about how dumb the sheep are. He does not think about how much at fault they are, how guilty they are uh, for this or that. Rather, he only considers whether the, the sheep are in safety or whether the sheep are lost. And if they're lost, if they're uh, in danger, if they're going to perish, then, then his heart goes out to them and he wants to save them. Think about um, a shepherd out in the paddock and there's one frisky sheep who's, who's always uh, sort of straying from the flock and, and the shepherd has a, a great trouble to, to keep this frisky sheep in with the others. The, the, the other one's always looking um, at whatever, the grass over there, or these other sheep over here, or the cows, and, and straying from the, the rest of the flock. And normally, the shepherd manages to, to keep frisky in with the others, but one day, you know, he can't find frisky anywhere. He looks around, and frisky's not there. So, what does the shepherd do on such an occasion? Does he say something like, you know, I warned that really dumb sheep that he should stay with the flock. I'm always telling him to stay with the flock. 
And today, you know, he's just run off. Um, he hasn't paid attention to any of my instructions all this time. Um, and he's going to get what he deserves. He's going to be out there with the wolves. He's going to be out there not being able to find food. He's going to be out there without anyone to, to take care of him. So good riddance. Good riddance, Risky. You just are getting what you deserve. Of course, this is not the attitude of, of the good shepherd at all. He doesn't even hesitate. He immediately leaves the rest of the flock. His only concern is to find Frisky and bring him back to safety. The gospel says that the good shepherd looks for the sheep until he finds the sheep. It could be a few hours, could find the sheep quickly, could be a few days, could be looking for a long time to find the lost sheep. And at times, perhaps the search seems hopeless, but the shepherd just keeps looking. And what does the shepherd do when finally, after all of these hours looking everywhere, he finally in some sort of corner or cave or ravine or whatever, he finds Frisky. There's Frisky, you know, after, after this long search, um, perhaps trapped somewhere, lost somewhere. He does not stand there and um, lambast Frisky with, with a, an intense and extended scolding, but rather um, he picks him up from his distress, from perhaps the, the dangerous situation in which he is. He picks him up with great love and affection, rejoicing that he has found him. He knows that Frisky is tired and scared, and so he does not ask Frisky to walk back with him to the flock, but rather he puts Frisky on his own shoulders. And, and takes him back, carries him back himself. And this is exactly how the Good Shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, works with the sinners, with those publicans and sinners in the terms of today's Gospel who gather around our Lord to hear this parable. The Pharisees are not Good Shepherds. They're scandalized that our Lord is even associating with these people. He's even around these people, and especially that he's eating with them, eating with unclean people. So the Pharisees despise these sheep. They find them stubborn and willful, and they think it would be better for, for these uh, sinners to be abandoned. So... Our Lord does not have this attitude towards these publicans and sinners at all. He wants them to gather around Him. He, he, he wants to speak to them. He wants to eat with them at table. And this shows us how we, I mean, the, the day that, that we are ordained as priests and, and we're out in the parish, um, what is the behavior that, that we should show towards our flock. What would our Lord do as a good priest in a parish when he has these faithful entrusted to him? Well, the first thing that would happen is that he would actually notice when a sheep was gone. That's a first requirement. You have to know all the sheep individually just to even notice that one of them is gone. 
And then second, when one of the sheep is gone, when one of the faithful is no longer showing up for Sunday Mass, um, the priest must not say, you know, I'm just too busy to chase up this person. Um, this person, he, he knows he has to come to Mass on Sunday. He knows the rules. He knows his catechism. He should, you know, he's got the duty. He should, he should uh, take the responsibility on himself. I can't, I can't always be chasing after everybody. I just don't have that time. Rather, instead, the priest would, would check up on the person. He would, he would call him to, to see what's going on, to see you at Mass, everything all right, Is you, are you sick, what have you. Um, and then what, what would the priest do if the sinner doesn't come back straight away? The priest would not rest. The priest would, would not give up. Obviously, he doesn't badger the person, but he does keep contacting the sinner periodically looking to see if, if anything has changed, if there's any uh, softening of the heart, if there's any sort of new opportunity for bringing that sinner back. And the, the good priest would keep this up as long as it takes, until the sinner comes back. The, the, the good priest will, will not abandon this attempt to bring the sheep back into the fold. And when the sinner finally comes back, the good shepherd rejoices. He makes it easy for the sinner to go to confession. He, he welcomes the sinner back into the fold and he uh, tries to encourage the rest of the faithful to, to welcome the sinner back into the fold. In all of this, this uh, beautiful imagery that our Lord uses to depict for us the dispositions of the heart of a good priest, really there's two dispositions that are foremost, two dispositions that we must try to learn to adopt in our heart when, when we see sinners misbehaving or when we are inconvenienced by sinners. The first disposition is zeal, and this is more indicated at the conclusion of the parable as it appears in the Gospel of St. Matthew. There, at the end, our Lord says, it is not the will of your father that one of these little ones should perish. The good priest, the good shepherd, does not want anybody to lose their soul. The, the good shepherd is concerned uh, that every single person uh, attain salvation as far as is possible. And as such, there's never a point when he's going to give up on a sinner. As I've just mentioned, he, when he will say, it's just hopeless. There's absolutely nothing I can do. Uh, and, and he even stops praying for the sinner. There's really no justification for a priest to ever abandon the effort to save a sinner. He can never allow this disposition uh, to enter his heart of a certain resignation to the losing of a soul. I guess this soul is just lost. There's nothing I can do. I give up. That disposition must never find its way, and that's indicated in this parable by the fact that the good shepherd searches and looks until the sheep, he finds the sheep. The second disposition is that of love, the great love for sinners. And that comes out in the conclusion of the parable as presented by St. Luke, when um, Saint, our, our Lord says at the conclusion, 
there should be joy in heaven upon one sinner that does penance more than upon 99 just who do not need penance. Um, this is our Lord's way of justify, justifying him hanging out with these publicans and sinners of him eating with them. He loves them. And that's sufficient justification. He wants their good. His happiness, in a sense, is their happiness. When they are safe, when they are in the fold, then he rejoices. And when they're not in the fold, he is troubled. And he can't rest until he's found them again. And so he's only secure, he's only content, he's only happy when he's certain that all the sheep are in the fold. It's as if, as I I say, that their good is his happiness. My dear seminarians, it's very important that a priest never be confused about his role. He he never... uh, develop some, some manner of confusion about what he's supposed to do in relation to souls. Our role is to imitate Christ in his heart so that we can perform the work of Christ in our life. The dispositions of our heart are going to be a prerequisite for us being able to do the work of Christ. So a priest has to have the heart of mercy. He has to have this undying love for souls. He has to have uh, that zeal such that he's willing to sacrifice anything to gain sinners because it is not easy. The fruit that will be granted to such a priest is precisely that fruit of joy, a very great joy, the joy um, of receiving these sinners back into the flock and uh, giving them salvation and being able to rejoice in heaven with them forever, have this, this joy that, that has no end. And this is, the, this is really the joy that we must aspire to, that you must aspire to as future priests. You must be ready to be one who chases after sinners, who is patient and persevering, um, even in the midst of the fatigue and all the burdens of the priesthood. And really now, the, the, during your formation, the time of your formation, now is the time for you to look closely and reflect deeply on the dispositions of uh, our Lord's sacred heart and try as far as possible to conform your heart, make your heart like unto His. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.